Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 18 of Quick Cuts, a plastic surgery podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing microtia, so let's get started. Microtia refers to a congenital malformation of the external ear, in which the external ear is small, incompletely developed, or completely absent, which we refer to as anosia. Proposed causes of microtia include genetic abnormalities, insults from teratogens, and vascular insults during development. Microtia can occur in isolation or as a feature of a craniofacial syndrome, although even isolated microtias are sometimes considered to be just a mild form of hemifacial microsomia. We'll take a moment now to review the embryology of the external ear, which is also referred to as the pinna. The external ear develops from the first and second branchial arches. Tissues from these two arches form six nodules of mesenchymal cells called hillux. The first branchial arch forms auricular hillux 1 through 3, which ultimately contribute to the tragus, helical root, and superior helix. The second branchial arch forms auricular hillux 4 through 6, which contribute to the antihelix, antitragus, and lobule. We'll talk next about the evaluation and management of a microtia patient. When taking a history, important consideration should include any medical comorbidities that may signal syndromic association or a need for genetic testing. Another similar consideration would be any history of craniofacial anomalies or syndromes in family members. You should also specifically ask about any hearing loss or prior history of hearing aid placement. On physical exam, you should evaluate the remnant ear and determine the severity of the hypoplasia. There are multiple classification systems that have been used to describe the spectrum of microtia, and the choice of which system you use is largely dependent on surgeon preference. When assessing the ear, you should assess the periauricular skin as well as the location of the hairline, as low hairlines can affect your reconstructive options. Your exam should also evaluate overall facial symmetry as well as for features of craniofacial syndromes. Patients with microtia may have accompanying facial nerve abnormalities, so facial animation should be evaluated. Mandibular hypoplasia may also accompany microtia, and thus assessment of the patient's dental occlusion is also important. As part of your diagnostic workup, audiometric testing should be performed in all microtia patients to evaluate for hearing loss. Similarly, CT of the temporal bone should be obtained to evaluate for middle ear abnormalities and can also demonstrate mandibular hypoplasia. For patients with bilateral microtia and bilateral hearing loss, bone-anchored hearing aids are often placed within weeks of birth to allow for normal speech development. Reconstruction of the external ear typically falls into one of three categories, either autologous, alloplastic, or prosthetic. Autologous reconstruction involves staged reconstruction using a cartilage framework, which is harvested from the costal cartilage. The two most widely utilized techniques for autologous reconstruction, or variations thereof, include the Brent technique and Nagata technique. The Brent technique is classically performed in four stages and can be performed in patients as young as five to six years of age. The Nagata technique is classically performed in two stages and is often delayed until seven to ten years of age as it requires harvesting larger volumes of cartilage. In both techniques, options for coverage of the cartilage construct include postauricular skin, temporoparietal fascia flaps, and skin grafts, and varies according to the clinical scenario. 
Of note, low hairlines limit the available local skin for coverage, both because this would result in hair on the ear, and because the skin is too thick to adequately shape over the framework. For alloplastic reconstruction, this is generally performed in a single stage with an implanted framework typically consisting of porous polyethylene. Coverage is then obtained with a temporoparietal fascia flap and skin graft. Prosthetics offer an alternative reconstruction for patients that are otherwise poor candidates for the previously discussed techniques or for those who have failed primary reconstruction. These are often attached via an osseointegrated anchor. In regards to complications, necrosis of the skin overlying the framework can lead to exposure of the framework and threaten the overall reconstruction. Skin breakdown should be managed early and aggressively to prevent this. Similarly, complications like infection and hematoma should be debrided early to avoid compromising the reconstruction. For patients requiring harvest of the costal cartilage, donor site complications may include pneumothorax and chest wall deformity. Chest wall deformity may be limited, however, by leaving the posterior perichondrium intact at the donor site. And that ends our discussion on microtia. Hope everyone's enjoying the podcast. Feel free to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. You can find my entire audio collection along with other great resources online at theplasticsfella.com. As always, for questions, suggestions, or feedback, you can reach me at jakemarksmd at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at jakemarksmd. Thanks for listening. See you next time.